Hello everyone, Zach here from the Carnival of Randomness on behalf of our sponsor, Upsitnik & Associates. In these unprecedented times, we reflect on our future, both in the next few weeks and months, but also the upcoming years and decades, and it's time to prepare for that future. Upsitnik & Associates has been contacted by many healthcare workers, as well as old and new clients, to prepare wills, powers of attorney, and advanced directives, also called a living will. All of you need these documents, so don't say you don't have any assets to speak of, no children or other dependents. Regardless of the circumstances now, you will need a will for today and tomorrow. Al Upsitnik feels so strongly about having wills and other needed documents prepared that Upsitnik and Associates can prepare your will, power of attorney, and living will at no charge, you heard that correct, no charge until the end of 2020. No hidden fees or gimmicks. Al feels so strongly about planning for the future at this time that he is willing to assist you with your future. Trust Opsitnik & Associates, attorneys for 42 years, from the Supreme Court to Alaska and everywhere in between. You can find them online, OpsitniksLaw.com, on Facebook, Opsitnik & Associates, or call them toll-free 1-866-391-3299 to prepare for your future. Hello everybody, Zach here with the Carnival of Randomness, and I am joined by my dear friend Rye, fellow horror buff and lover of weird. Hello. Hello. So we were talking, and I figured we should probably record this, because we were talking about horror movie franchises. Yeah. And the, you know, the future of them, the current of them, the past of them. So the one that made you laugh we were talking about Child's Play, good old Chucky. Good and old the fact Chucky that the last movie you really acknowledged was Bride of Chucky in 1998. I thought it was more recent than that. <clears throat> no, because we looked and there had been, what, four in the meantime? There was Seed of Chucky, Cult of Chucky, Curse of Chucky, or flip those in the order, and then, which I didn't even know, they remade Child's Play this past year. When you said Seed of Chucky, I had a sort of vague awareness of the... Uh, yeah, the kid. And he called yeah, the trailers or something like that. <laughs> I didn't see it, but it was sort of like, okay, so I sort of have a vague awareness of that, but what was that, like, 99? Uh, no, that one was 2004. Oh, good, so I do have memory up to 2004. Yeah, and then after that, you just kind of forgot about it. Well, the, yeah, they started pumping them out, and... Uh, did they, I mean, some of those, did they even get a theater release? No, I don't think. I think all of them were straight to DVD. That's sort of what I was thinking. But, well, when was the last time a horror movie sequel really got a theatrical release? God, I don't know. It's, I mean, if you like classic horror. Well, any really horror. Because I, I mean, even like the the starting in the eighties, the the big franchises that we know and love: Halloween, Friday well, the Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street. I was gonna say because I mean you've got crap like I don't know, The Grudge and Saw and all those crap things now. No, well, I mean I remember when did they remake? I think it was uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. In the mid 2000s yes that's her typing because she's cheating <laughs> i have to look it up uh they i remember going to the 2010 theater. yeah i remember going to the theater to see that so that one did get a theatrical release 
Yeah, but I mean, do you consider those sorts of remakes? I mean, they're not really That was sequel. my next question. Do you consider them to be remake? Do you consider remakes to be part of the franchise? I do, but I mean, I wouldn't say it's a or sequel. Or sequel, per se. Yeah, I, I think they definitely are. I remember going to the Texas Chainsaw, which with Jessica Biel, that was 2004, I think. Yeah, I remember that one. Wasn't that the one with Arlie Army as the sheriff? Yeah! Maybe rest in peace. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, that one That one wasn't bad. It was a hell of a lot better than the one that had Matthew McConaughey in it. What was that, like, three, two? Uh, three, I think? And I'm sorry, Matthew, if you're an avid listener of the program that I picked on the movie, but it, it you know, it was a thing. No, and, and it was a hell of a lot better than the ones that came after it. I mean, what was it, like, Leatherface or something that came after it? Yeah, that one came out... I think a year or two ago. Yeah, that was it terrible. It was very good. No. Uh, the I did, I kind of liked the Friday the Thirteenth that came out. I think that was two thousand and seven or eight, maybe. I think so. Yeah, was that the one with uh, Jackie Earl Haley? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, that's the one I saw in the theater. And the guy from Supernatural. Yeah. Oh uh, God, I'm blanking now. Uh, Jared Padalecki or something. Oh, Padalecki, yeah. Yeah, we saw it in theater, like, the second day after it opened, and there was, like, two other people there. I just remember the one line when the I th- the douchebag was making making out with the girl in the woods, or in the, the bedroom. Your tits are stupendous. Yeah, I was like, your tits are stupendous. God, he was such then he a... Wanted to be a, he wanted to be a plastic surgeon or something. He's like, such perfect nipple placement. <laughs> and I had gone to the theater, I think, with... The guys I worked with at the beer store were like, what the fuck is this? Oh yeah, it was ridiculous. But I mean, it had all the goofy homages, like the archery and the axe throwing and all that. Oh yeah, it was a good throwback. And I think that people don't really give 80s horror movies enough credit for really laying down a lot of groundwork for movies to follow. They definitely don't. And giving, not just that, but giving people inspiration. Like, you know, you like his movies or not, Rob Zombie was a huge fan of, like, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is kind of where he got the idea, or, you know, spun off for House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah. You know, the murdering family. Mm. And you could tell, it had that, like, 70s look to it, that feel to it. It definitely did. But what are uh, some of the other great franchises and the moment that they went downhill? We talked about the original Nightmare on Elm Street. I think that one started to shit the bed when they did the crossover. Crossovers never work. But everybody uh, wants to see Freddy versus Jason, but really it's a lose-lose situation. Because well, that's, yeah, because they're never going to pick one. one. kills the other one. Yeah, so it ends up sort of going nowhere. I mean, it's it was always a fun thing to sort of hypothesize but when they actually did the movies yeah they're not going to alienate one fan base right you always do that you do that with any sport like the dream matchups but then you realize no you can't really do it because then somebody's going to lose yeah i mean the one where it feels like they picked a side was one of the alien versus predator movies where they you know they made the aliens super stupid and there was like 10 million of them and the predators just mowed them down yeah those were terrible I mean, movies yeah, and I mean, they were terrible for a lot of reasons, but that was sort of an example of where the 
movie makers clearly picked a side to be on, and I think that was one of the problems with them. Yeah, crossovers just do not work. You know, I love Predator and I love Aliens, and that was just sad to see for the Aliens. Yeah, I liked them uh, both, although the... Did you ever see Predator 2? Yeah. With Danny Glover? Yes. And then I think basically after that they didn't make a Predator movie until... What? Alien vs. Predator. Yeah, they should not have made more Predator movies. <laughs> well, and then they rebooted Predator as Predators, I think, 2018 or something? Yeah. I didn't see that one yet, though. I resent remaking Arnold's movies. You can't really remake Arnold's movies because there's not an actor today that can give the cheese of Arnold. And we're, we're going to touch more on Arnold in an Arnold-themed episode that I just dreamed up. Hell yeah. But... Uh, going back to the crossovers, I mean, that was the same problem with Freddy vs. Jason, which I saw in theaters. Oh, Lord, really? Yeah, I did. What was the one in space? Was it Jason X? Yeah, I... It's so bad that it's kind of good. I remember the, the the funniest part of it was, like, it's okay, guys, he just wanted his machete back. Uh, I was kind of remember... was floating toward them in space? Yes, I was just going to say and that how part. How did he get into space? Cause I, I think they, like, found him as, like, a fossil or something, and they were, I don't know, unfreezing him. I remember they were gradually thawing him out. But I just remember that part that after they thought they were going to kill him by blowing up part of the space station. Yeah, he floats through space and he's floating this way. Yeah, he's floating this way. Like, oh my god. And then the, uh, the face smashing. Which Mythbusters proved would not actually happen the way it did. So guess not... the movie exaggerated something. Yeah, I'm not surprised, but it was quite a scene. I mean, it was quite a scene, to be sure. Those were probably the only two vaguely okay-ish things in that movie. The sleeping bag? The sleeping bag was pretty hilarious. Wasn't that an homage to one of the old ones? I think so, and then they, in the, uh, the like, 2007 Friday the 13th, they sort of touched on it again. He didn't beat somebody with a sleeping bag, but he killed one of the girls in a sleeping bag. Yeah, she was, yeah. So yeah. He put the sleeping bag over the fire. It was just so terrible. <laughs> the the remake was interesting because uh, you start off with a cast and you think that that's going to be the sort of main cast for the movies and then they're all dead within like five minutes. Right. You know, that's how you could tell the great 80s horror movie was you have the opening scene with the couple and you're like, ooh, who are these? And then they die in the first two minutes and you didn't even need to know about them. No, so that was, I, I was quite surprised, you know, and that was kind of interesting because you only needed sort of for one of them to survive. Yeah. You know, and then it kicked off with a totally different cast. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, well, exactly. It's like, well, what the hell happened to the first two people? Doesn't matter. No, it didn't. Um, but most horror movies don't do that now. No, most horror movies are... I don't even know what I would describe as the modern-day horror movie. Well, most of them are terrible, but it's sort of you have your cast, and that's sort of it for the movies. Most of them don't sort of pull those kind of little twists. Right. It's a shame. I but, mean... What? Uh, what would you what would you say are some of the horror movies or sort of remakes that have worked? Because the, they're more rare. 
In just the horror genre? Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> um... <laughs> like, post-2000. Okay, well... And not a sequel, but a remake. Yeah. See, that's a tough one, because most of the remakes I've seen were okay, but not great. I mean, I don't think they were better than the original. Probably Texas Chainsaw Massacre would be up there. Yeah. Um, I saw the reboot of Poltergeist, because we were talking about that one. Mm. That one wasn't real good, and I love Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Uh, the Halloween was okay. It wasn't bad. Um, did they redo The Hills Have Eyes? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that one was okay, but the original was better, because Michael Berryman was in it. Yeah, true. I really couldn't pick the best one, and I, I haven't seen the uh, Chucky. No. You know, the new Child's Play. <laughs> and I don't know, Hellraiser's just continued to put out movies left and right, speaking of the, the franchises that never seem to go away. Yeah, but that one's been terrible since, frankly, practically after the first one. I don't know. I like two. When it got to three, that's when it started getting a little weird. Yeah. But I liked one and two. Yeah. And then there were some that they, I think they tried to turn into a franchise and it just didn't really work. Hmm. Like which? Well, I mean, Pumpkinhead. They made, I think, two or three of them and then just gave up on it. <laughs> I think Lance Henriksen was in one of the Pumpkinhead movies. Lance Henriksen is in everything, especially oh, everything be. horror. Well, he should be. You got, a yeah, big, exactly. you got a Bigfoot movie and need an actor? Hey, give Lance a call. He'll do it. And God bless him. <coughs> uh, well, I mean, we were talking about, like, the found footage movies. Oh, God, I hate the found footage movies. I yeah. hate them from the beginning when um when Blair, Blair. Witch came out. What, 97-ish? I think so. Let's see. I remember going to the theater to see that. Yeah, uh, 1999. Okay, I remember going to the theater to see it with some people from high school. Yeah. And I was exceedingly disappointed. Yeah, I mean, it was not a great movie at all. No. And but the man, problem with found a... footage thing is the motion sickness factor. Yeah, that's definitely a problem for a lot of people. You know, it bugged the uh, hell out of me, I'll tell you that much. Man, Blair Witch made a lot of money, though. Budget of 60000 made $248 million. Well, because the thing is, nobody had ever seen anything like that before. Yeah. So when you're the first at something, regardless if it's good or not, it's always going to be, holy shit, this is amazing. Hmm, true. Uh, but that's sort of a genre that they've tried to revive. And then it was weird because they made the game uh, this year, or last year. Oh, the uh, the computer game. Yeah, the video game, the Blair Witch video game, which just came out of absolutely nowhere. Yeah, it's like, who had thought of the Blair Witch Project in ten years? Yeah. Did you ever play I, it? Uh, I did. It was not very good. Well, shocker. You know, it was sort of, it was well made, but the, I don't know, the plot was just not very engaging. It was kind of dragging. Yeah. Um, but I mean, did they even make a Blair Witch Chapter 2? Like, movie? I don't... Th there may have been one in the t mid-2000s. I think they may have done a third. 
because two is the last one I remember, so that was probably very early OOs. Mm, I think they, I want to say they made a third one, but it was such a, a thinly veiled homage. It was basically Blair Witch and title only. You know, so it's like, yeah, nobody's thought of Blair Witch in 16 years or something, and all of a sudden they make a video game about it. Yeah, or the greatest, um, the greatest one that I think they tried to turn into a franchise and just failed miserably. Remember the old movie Trolls? Yes! Then they made Trolls 2, which was a sequel in title only. It had nothing to do with the first movie, and it wasn't even about Trolls. Hmm. It was about, I think, goblins. <laughs> so that was a swing and a miss. So apparently they made Tremor shows in 2003 and 2016. I remember the 2003 one. I didn't see the 2016 one. Was the 2003 one any good? No. Yeah. What movie in the Tremor series after the first one was good? I didn't mind them. They were... Well, I can't remember. Was it... Three where they stopped being the graboid worms and went to these little running critters? I thought that was the second one. God, was it? Maybe it was. I think it was the second one because I believe Fred Ward was still in it. Huh. Was that his name? Yeah, I believe it was. Yeah. But I remember, uh, I'm pretty sure that was in the second one. Yeah, it was. Aftershocks. Huh, I thought that was later on. No, and then there was the one when they kind of went back in time to the Old West. It's like, um, no. No, fair. It's been a long time since I've watched those movies. Yeah, probably for good reason. I loved Bert. Yeah. Bert was just the best. Yeah, he was really good. And he was <laughs> Apparently. In, I think he was the only one that was in all of them. And the TV show, the 2003 one. Yeah. Wasn't very good, though. <laughs> Even he couldn't save that one? No, unfortunately not. But, uh, no, but when like when the first one of those came out, that was scary as shit. That was great. That's what I mean. Like, I think the first time I actually saw it, it was on USA. Hmm. So it was a, obviously a chop for cable version, but still, it's like, dude, there's things under the ground? Nah. You know, it was it made you a little nervous for the first ten minutes after the movie was over to put your feet down. Looks like they were rebooting it in 2018 again. Oh, God, really? But they got both Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward. Wow. I did not know that was even a thing. I'm going to have to look into that one. Yeah, me neither. Oh, apparently that's a franchise that's kept going, too. Yeah, there are some that just never seem to die. They're always shitting out another movie. How many Hellraiser movies are there now? Like, 20? Yeah, I think so. Well, come on, look that up. Alright. Because I think I own about nine of them. <laughs> Ten films. That's it? When was the last one made? Uh, let's see. 2018, Hellraiser Judgment. Oh, okay. So, wow, that wasn't that long ago. They made two in 2005. Awesome. They're all really bad. But wasn't, I think the 2018 one, I don't think Doug Bradley was involved in it. I don't think so, and Clive Barker hasn't been involved since the original, really. 
they've almost all had a different director, different screenwriters, different producers. Do you ever read the book? No. The book is actually pretty good. Uh, because he didn't okay. have a name in the book. I think he was just referred to as the Hell Priest. Hmm. I think, yeah. I think Pinhead came out of like audience reactions. Yeah, in Judgment, it's some guy named Paul Taylor. No idea who that is. Uh, what? There was something else that just came out. Oh, uh, speaking of replacing the actor, what about, did you ever see Leprechaun Origins? Probably at one point. It wasn't bad-ish. But the thing is, the Leprechaun wasn't the Warwick Davis Leprechaun. He wasn't walking and talking and wearing a suit. Nah. He was basically a creature. Hmm. You know, it was, it was different. Yeah, to say that <clears throat> lightly. Yeah, putting it very lightly. And when they, because they cast the old wrestler uh, Hornswoggle mm. to play the creature, and I was thinking, oh, you know, it'd be kind of cool, like, you know, maybe he's Warwick Davis's son, and Warwick Davis will be in the movie to kind of pass the torch on to him. But no, he was basically this alien-type monster that didn't talk. Oh, Lame. Having a drink. Yeah, Doug Bradley hasn't been in a Hellraiser since 2005. How many have been released between 2005 and the one that just came out? Uh, two. One in 2011 and then, yeah, The Judgment in 2018. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I don't know. I think Doug Bradley kind of made those movies. But wasn't he in one but not as Pinhead? Uh... Probably. I think he was in one where he just had like a little bit part and he wasn't even remotely pinhead-ish. Hmm. Could have been. Yeah. Guess who's in one of the 2005 ones? Lance Henriksen? Yes. Awesome. <laughs> and weirdly, Henry Cavill. That's very weird. That's probably one of his earlier roles. Yeah. In 2005? Yeah, that would have to be one of his early roles. And also Catherine Winnick, who's in that Vikings TV show. Okay, the show that I still need to watch. So yeah, these were some of the, I think they're really early uh, sort of American films. Hmm, interesting. Hmm. What was the other one we were talking about? Oh, uh, The Omen, and how they, they <laughs> made the movie in, what, 2006, I think I said? Yeah. And then they did a TV show, which I didn't see. Hmm. But I remember watching the movie. I remember Lee Schreiber was in it. I think he was the main guy. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I like the the original was creepy. But I don't think I can even recall any of the sequels. Uh, I can recall certain like certain fatalities, but I don't know if they were in the original or sequels. I did see them all. I don't remember if I've even seen them. Hmm. Uh, okay, well, how about this franchise? Because I know the original movie scared a lot of people, but never really did anything for me. The Exorcist. I never understood how people found The Exorcist scary. I'm not 100% sure. I mean, it was... I think because maybe was that one of the first movies that put up the disclaimer based on true events? It could have been. And maybe if I... Maybe if you were sort of old enough to be shocked by it. 
And I think actually some guy did wrote a book about the person that the movie and the book was based on, the William Peter Blatty book. Yeah. And they found that this kid, it was a, a kid who was basically doing it just to get attention. That's not surprising. Yeah, that he did, there was no such thing as demonic possession with him. It was just some stupid teenager wanting people to pay attention to him. I guess by the time I saw it, I was old enough to wear it. Just, it was funny. Well, right, because it came out in, what, 73, the original? Yeah, so well before our time. Yeah, so that was a decade before you were born. You know, so by the time I rolled around to see it, I just remember laughing, you know, this girl <laughs> with throwing up split piece soup yeah, and the, the priest, soup. you know, and the peace priest yelling. And uh, I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, it was. I don't know. But then they made what, five or so? There was they did one, two, three. Then I think they did one that was. The same movie, but they cut it differently, so it was released as two movies. Yeah. And then they did the TV show recently, and I'm fairly positive Sigourney Weaver... Maybe Sigourney Weaver was in it? Hmm. It was some Uh, big-name actress, and I'm I'm stuck on her for some reason, but it might not be her. Hmm. But I think it lasted a season, and then they realized, what are we going to do? Yeah. And that's the problem with trying to make TV shows out of a specific media. Well, it definitely is, and you and I were just sort of talking about that and the problems of trying to make uh, high-quality TV shows out of franchises that weren't commercially successful, even when they were more popular. Well, not even just franchises, but getting stuff that you see the potential to make a franchise. Yeah. You know, my good case in point for that would, for me, would be uh, The Terror. Mm. You know, because the original series was based off of the book. Yeah. Then the book ends, but then they made the second season. And Mm. I think there's plans to make a third season. So basically, they bought The Terror, the rights to it, just so they could own the rights to the franchise. And then I think they're going to try to do like an American Horror Story thing with it, where each season is something different because the original one for anybody that hasn't watched it or know what the hell we're talking about was based off of what was it? The old, the polar expedition, the ship, the the HMS terror. And it was that, but they threw in the horror aspect with it when they were being tracked by, uh, and in you, I don't think they'd be Inuit down there, but whoever the native people were one of their spirits. Yeah. And then the book ended, and the, the, the show was pretty good, mm. that season of it at least. And then the second season came out, and it was set in the Japanese internment camps during World War II. Yeah. And I think they were dealing with like Japanese mythology and ghosts in that one. So my question was, you know, are they going to continue to do that, but just move it to a different culture to tap into what they're... Uh, beliefs and monsters and stories were it seems like they are i watched a few episodes of the first one because i liked the franklin expedition but didn't quite get me no i mean it was a little it was slow building by the end it was it was pretty good and it did make me want to read the book i actually haven't yet Hmm. but then 
there's a lot of cultures out there that you could really have some fun with. You definitely could. Like go into like Native American culture. Mm. And who was their one of their demons, the Wendigo? I was gonna say the Wendigo is the most famous one. And then you could go into anything really: Eastern European, Egyptian, mm. Russian, Irish. True. You know anything? There's all kinds of. You could do an Irish one and have them be haunted by a banshee or something. True. I know that's very stereotypical, but that's one of the big ones in their lore. Hmm. Is banshees and leprechauns. I think we of the 80s and 90s know about leprechauns. Hey, Warwick Davis did a hell of a job, and Jennifer Aniston in her premier role, the original leprechaun. Well, and then there was that one into hood or whatever. Yeah, Leprechaun. No, it was Leprechaun in space and then, oh, Leprechaun in the hood and then Leprechaun back to the hood. Yes. And then they kind of stopped it with Warwick for a good ten years or so and then they made uh, Leprechaun Origins and I think that might be where the franchise dies. (laughs) Shocker. Well, I mean, like I say, it wasn't bad, but I think what happened is so many people were expecting a Leprechaun movie. Yeah. And when you have an iconic movie character played by an iconic actor, everything, changing it around is a little different. Hmm. Uh, Well, speaking of franchises that worked, one of them that I just remembered was the Dawn of the Dead uh, 2000 or so. Oh, the remake? Was it Zack Snyder? Yeah. Yeah, Dawn of the Dead. I think it was 04. Ah, uh, but sort of pre-ego Zack Snyder and, and none of the sort of Zack Snyder-y special effects. Yeah, I like that movie. I think that, I think Ving Rhames was in it. Yeah, that one. Yeah, In the Mall, which is just a remake of the one from... When did they do Dawn of the Dead? Seventy yeah. mid, Early 70s, because it was the second one. Then I think they did Day of the Dead, which was in the late 70s or early 80s. Yeah, but that was sort of the last good one because then it was just Romero fever everywhere, right? They did like Plane of the Dead, uh, just all these other zombie movies well, that Land were terrible. Of the Dead, I actually liked Land of the Dead. Yeah. I think, if I remember correctly, that had uh, John Leguizamo in it. Yeah, I think And I'm did. a fan of his. I like him. Yeah. And I believe also Dennis Hopper? Oh, wow. I think. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and then there was yeah, Land of the Dead, Isle of the Dead, Everything of the Dead. Yeah, just sort of it really kicked off the modern zombie fever. Well, I mean, you know, George Romero, rest in peace as he will, basically is the father of the modern day zombie. Oh, yeah. Starting back with the classic, speaking of classic horror franchises, the Dead, the Dead franchise yeah. is legendary and it's it set up everything you know without night of the living dead there is no walking dead when did they do the color remake was that 90 1990 that was the one that tom savini directed yeah yeah that was pretty good i like that one yeah because it was basically a, a re- shot for shot it remake. was basically a shot for shot reboot with different actors and filming it in color yeah and i think that was really it was pretty good for a remake. Yeah, I think because it was shot for shot and... It was yeah. just updated. That's all. They didn't try to put any weird political spin on it. It was just an updated version of the same movie. 
Yeah, with uh, Savini's amazing special effects. Oh man, that guy! That guy could make some special effects. Oh, I th- that first uh, autopsy zombie in the cemetery. Yeah. When he's walking and you see him from the front, and then as he's walking, you know, his yeah, the, his clothes. The, it slips off because he's wearing basically just a half suit. Yeah. And you see the uh, what the hell's the name of the the scar? Yeah, the sort of V cut. Yeah, it has cut. a name. I don't know what the hell the name of it is. But you know, it's really good. Oh yeah. Uh, but but the- then, of course, yeah. Then they did the modern zombie thing, and then couldn't call them zombies anymore. You know, you get into like the twenty-eight days later. Well, and that, and then I think the twenty-eight days later was where the argument began with what is a zombie and what is not. Yeah. Because when did 28 Days Later come out? Uh, early 2000s? Yeah, I think it was. So basically, you had almost 40 years of a zombie being the George Romero zombies. 2002. Okay, so you had, like I say, you had, what, 36 years, or 34 years, I can't add, of zombies being the show, the slow, shuffling, undead creatures. Yeah. And then you get to 28 Days Later, and now they're sprinting and thinking. And and I think it was because they weren't technically zombies, is how they got mm. away with it. Yeah, they were caused by a virus. Yeah, it was caused by a virus, but it was a virus that took over living people. It didn't kill them and then become... and then they Yeah, re-animate. reanimate. Which I think that that's where the big difference is. Yeah, I don't consider the, like, 28 Days Later and all those to be zombies. No, but the good thing about 28 Days Later, it did have Brendan Gleeson in it. It wasn't bad. I liked it, but... No, and I am a big fan of Brendan Gleeson. But now there's sort of a lot of those movies. Oh, yeah, now everything is... Anytime you look at any sort of apocalyptic movie, outbreak movie, chances are it's going to involve a zombie somehow. Yeah, sort of zombies by another name. Yeah. So, but, you know, like I say, in the 60s, in 1968, when he put that movie out, he changed everything. He really did. That movie terrified me as a kid. Oh, my God, yeah. because And I think the best part of it was, it just, they just showed up. Yeah. There wasn't this long drawn out backstory. There was the the brother and sister in the cemetery, and then here comes a zombie. Yep. And I think especially for people of a certain age from Pittsburgh, the news reporter in that, uh, you know, when they were on TV, there it cut to a guy Billy Cardell. Yeah. He was an actual TV reporter in Pittsburgh. Oh, nice. And he actually passed away a year or so ago, maybe. Aww. He was uh, one of those. He also, to side note it, he also had a, like one of those late night movie shows. You know, like, oh. like Sven Gulli, but his was Chiller Theater with Chili Billy Cardell. Awesome. And he was, did you ever, you've heard of, um, obviously, SCTV? Yeah. Uh, the guy Count Floyd, the vampire yeah. who hosted the movie show. Yeah. He, that guy is a guy named Joe Flaherty. He's from Pittsburgh. And he said he kind of took that character from Chiller Theater. 
Hmm. You know, it's going to be scary. <laughs> but in any event, going back to the original statement we were making, I think the fact that they brought in a guy that everybody knew in Pittsburgh was an actual reporter, it gave it a little more legitimacy. Yeah, I think it definitely would. You know, because, wait a minute, and it didn't bill him as somebody else. It, it put up his name, I think, if I can recall. It said Bill Cardell. Yeah. It's like when people saw Bill Cardell on TV, he was giving them actual news. Hmm. So that, uh, I think, is part of the reason why it was very freaky. All right. Well, uh, here, I'm sorry, go ahead. Here's one for you. Yes. Uh, you know, they tried to create a dark universe with the classic movie monsters like the mummy, the invisible man and whatnot. They did. And I think they've abandoned it. Well, they did because that Tom Cruise mummy was so that terrible. Was terrible. But, now, but, how many had they done before that? I think they did two before that. Oh, maybe. I remember there was what I, there was I Frankenstein, but I don't know if that was part of it. I don't know. And I think they were just... Good. And then there was a Dracula movie, which actually was pretty good. You're going to have to look that one up. I can't remember. Are you talking about the Jared Butler one? What, Dracula movie? Yeah. No, I think it came out maybe 2017. Oh. Dracula Revisited or something. Oh, I didn't see that one. Yeah, look up the um, the Dark Universe. Because there was... And I can't remember if I, Frankenstein was in that, but that wasn't very good. No, it definitely wasn't. You know, who was in that? It was, um... Daniel Radcliffe was Igor, I believe. Yeah, uh... The Mummy from 2017. Uh... There should have been a Dracula movie. Hmm... They had some that they announced, but I don't know if they... I don't think they were part of the Dark Universe. I mean, the Dark Universe kind of only existed at the start of that terrible Mummy movie. No, see, I thought that they had started it for the Dracula movie. I mean, they have sort of universal classic monsters world. Mm, maybe? I don't know. You'll have to look that up. Yeah, okay. Because, <laughs> I mean, they were making all these terrible... I don't even want yeah, to call it. Yeah, Dracula Untold, right there. No, oh, there you go. Uh, 2014. Because didn't they make, like, a Hansel and Gretel with, uh, what's-his-face Archer from the Avengers? Oh, that, but that wasn't part of it. No, but there was sort of... Yeah, it was Hansel and Gretel, Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. I don't know, there was all these terrible cheesy, unintentionally cheesy horror movies like that. Okay, so I, Frankenstein wasn't part of it. Yeah. They had... The first one was Dracula Untold, which I was actually kind of surprised by how good it was. Huh. And it was um uh, Luke Evans. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Luke Evans was Dracula. That one was pretty good. Hmm. Then they did The Mummy, which was just... I don't know why. <laughs> I don't think anybody knows why on that one. And then they, they, did they release it? Because it was the pandemic thing. It was supposed to release February 28th. Oh, it did get released, The Invisible Man. Oh. Huh. With uh, Elizabeth Moss, and I do like her. Yeah. And that's the only person in the credits I recognize. But, in any event, 
And then there was, yeah, the whole bunch of proposed ones that are probably never going to happen. But here's a question for you. Would you even wanted it to have been successful? What? The sort of idea of a dark universe using these really iconic classic monsters. Yes, and I'll tell you why. All right. It's much like whenever something new comes out, or, or when there's like a really good remake. For us, it's always been the Wonder Woman movie. Yeah. Because then it gets people interested in the original. That's true. And I actually, at one of the shows I was at, I actually talked with Bruce Boxleitner about it. Mm. About, you know, them remaking Tron. Yeah. And he said, hey, it gets people interested in the original one and keeps it relevant. Hmm. It's like, okay, and that's a good way to look at it. So yeah. I would have loved to have seen this succeed because then it would get people interested like, Oh, well what were the universal monsters and go back and look at the original movies. So you can see essentially the history of horror. Yeah. It's you know, definitely a good point. It's just hard for me to imagine some of these characters as anything, but the actors like uh, they're almost feels sacrosanct in a way like Dracula is anybody <laughs> other than Bela Lugosi or ah, someone da, other da, than da, Boris but... Karloff. But to be fair, did Gary Oldman not do a good Dracula? I would he did. I almost said that when you were talking about the Dracula movies. I liked Bram Stoker's Dracula. And in the old British Hammer movies, who played Dracula a lot? Who? Sir Christopher Lee. That's true. He was very good too, but I don't know. It's Yeah, I don't really I don't really see a problem with it because I'm... it's it's similar to the argument I have with people when it comes to, and this is, you know, may go over your head as being a female, the Three Stooges thing. Yeah. Everybody always wants to say, to fight about who was better, Curly or Shemp, the third mm. stooge. Well, you can't really compare them because they were different, they were different things. Yeah. You know, completely different characters. And I think a modern day Dracula is still Dracula. It doesn't necessarily take away from the Bela Lugosi one. No, it definitely doesn't, but I suppose my other concern is with how they make horror movies now. It would be, I suppose, a bit like remaking the Three Stooges with modern-day ideas of comedy. Oh, you mean the the one they did that a couple... Oh, there goes Leroy trucking. Did they? Yeah, they did it... um, They've done it twice. The first time they did it was, I think, the 90s, and Michael Chiklis, of all people, played Curly. Yeah, and how was that? Uh, it was terrible. And then they remade it again with Will Sasso as Curly. I can't remember the other two guys. But mm -hmm. for some reason, it was they were set in modern time because Snooky was there. It's like, what the hell? So I'm going to guess that one wasn't very good either? No, it really wasn't. That's, that's sort of my concern, too. Is uh... but, but you can get away with a lot more in horror movies than you can you with comedies. You definitely can. I mean, The Three Stooges was a very specific type of comedy, but it's right. just... Whereas horror is horror. Horror, the, the basis of it is to be scared. Yeah, but I mean, we were talking about this and how, like, they take themselves way too seriously now. Well, right, but but if you're making a Dracula movie, you kind of know, you have to realize that you're kind of treading on hallowed ground because it's one of the most iconic characters... Not just in horror history, but in movie history. Yeah. 
somehow he's kind of carved out a place for himself. A lot of the others haven't, like uh, the the original mummy or the invisible. No, because the, I think because the original mummy didn't really have like a name. Yeah. And he wasn't on screen that much, and I don't think he talked. Or even Frankenstein. I mean, did you see the Frankenstein with? I think it was De Niro. Yeah, uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was a good good retelling of it. But now here's one for you. I've always said Frankenstein is not really horror. Mm. It's science fiction. True, because it involves Riet, that sort right. of idea. And it wasn't originally written as a horror novel. It was a science yeah. fiction novel because it was a fictionalized account of science. Hmm. And that's what I think separates it from you know, the curse of the mummy, the werewolf, Dracula, because those were designed strictly as they were monsters. Yeah. You know, they were supernatural in origin, whereas Franken the Frankenstein's monster yeah. was created in a lab. You know, he was of flesh and bone. He was, you know, you knew where his backstory was, but nobody knows hmm. where the hell Dracula came from. Yeah. Or what caused the mummy to be to be reanimated. Hmm. So, in a, to answer that question in the l literal longest way possible, I think, yeah, I would have liked it to have succeeded. Interesting. But Tom Cruise and the Mummy took care of that one. Yes, very much so. But like I say, if you haven't seen it, Dracula Untold is pretty good. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, but and then this is also another one. What are your thoughts about them redoing it the way they did with the kaiju monsters? I I saw uh, King of Monsters in theaters, and it was definitely not bad, but I think it's so Japanese that I think it's hard for us to do those movies. Well, then don't forget that that was basically the third in that series. Yeah. Because they first did, what, Kong Skull Island... Which I've heard is good. I haven't seen it. It was pretty good. Um, and then they redid Godzilla, which was awesome. Yeah, I saw that one too. And then they did Godzilla King of Monsters. And mm. I think there is plenty... Leroy's just clicking on through. <laughs> he tires of our discussion. Yeah. But he... Um... Shit, I lost my train of thought. You were talking about uh, Skull Island and the new movies coming out? Oh yeah, up? and then... There was plans to do a Kong versus Godzilla movie. I think there still is. Uh, yeah, I should say that there still is plans. But did you ever see the original? Um, I think I think Honda did it. Ishiro Honda, the original King Kong versus Godzilla. No, I watched it, and they it was kind of like that dream matchup, and they did it in a very interesting way. They filmed two endings. Ah. Oh, yeah, because wasn't that the one where, like, if you were in America, you saw the yeah, Kong? Yeah, Kong one, and if you were in Japan, Godzilla one. Because Which is kind of a really neat way to do it. The final scene is they tumble into the water, and there's just bubbling and fighting underneath it. And then in the American version, Kong pops up mm. and walks away. But in the Japanese one, Godzilla pops up and walks away. That's a really good way to do it. I mean, and I think considering this was in... The original was maybe 70s. Yeah. You know, they handled it pretty well. Yeah. You know, because everybody in America 
was like, whoa, you know, King Kong basically being an American creation mm. versus Godzilla, the Japanese creation. Yeah. You know, so everybody got to see their the one they would pull for win. Well, we've definitely gotten better at it. I mean, you probably saw the Godzilla in 2000 with, like, Hank Azaria and everything. Oh, Jesus. Was... Yeah, Matthew Broderick. Yeah, yeah that was, like, 99 or yeah. something like that. But, I mean, that one was atrocious. Yeah. Uh, and I think, really, I think that's why there was not another Godzilla made for Western audiences for a long time. <laughs> No, and I, th yeah, because it kind of did die off for us. They would still make a lot of them, but they were mainly Japan releases. Yeah, because they didn't trust us with it, and rightly so. Yeah, but then the new Godzilla came out. Who directed the one with um, Ken Watanabe in it? Uh, let's see, when was that? I think it was 2015? Yeah, let me see. Uh, 2014. Yeah, who directed that? Let's see. Uh, Gareth Edwards. Okay, so chances are definitely a Westerner, possibly American. Yeah. yeah I that think was that one gave Brian them the Cranston. confidence back that, hey, they can do a good job with it. You know, yeah. whereas the Matthew Broderick one just was... Uh, Gareth Edwards is British. Okay, well, still, he's a Westerner. Yeah. So that gave them the confidence to say, okay, Godzilla can be made in a proper way. Yeah, they were definitely taking a huge chance. That one, it definitely panned out. Yeah, it did. And then now, I think that gave it, the whole studio, the idea to create, I can't remember what the the term for it is, I think they're calling it another monster universe. Yes, everything has to have its own universe. Well, you know, but, you know, so then there was the original Godzilla, then came Kong Skull Island, then came Godzilla King of Monsters. Hmm. And then there's plans in the pipeline, I think, for maybe a Mothra movie. Probably. Because they hinted at it in the first Godzilla movie. Huh. Remember when the lab had exploded and... Ken Watanabe was, wa or not Ken Watanabe, uh, Brian Cranston was walking through it. Yeah. And there was a cage that had been split open and whatever was in it was gone. And it was like the Latin name of a moth and the way it fell, it said Mothra. Yep. So it was a little Easter egg that I caught. <laughs> so Mothra is somewhere in the universe. And it would be great to see some of these kaiju get their get their due once again because they're entertaining movies you may not yeah. you're never gonna sit there and call any of them like oscar worthy no but they're entertaining movies even the crappy ones like even like son of kong and son of godzilla like i was entertained enough to not turn it off hmm. but that i think that could be a good thing it's just a shame and that i don't see a problem with yeah because you don't get much more iconic than Godzilla and King Kong. That's very true. And it's really... That was kind of the hopes I had for the Dark Universe. Yeah. Which didn't just... It just didn't pan out. No, unfortunately not. And I, I'm wondering why they did it in the order they did it. Why mm. go from Dracula 
to the mummy. I don't know. You know, and I mean, look at this. Uh, This list here isn't alphabetized, so you can kind of tell that was the order they were planning. Yeah. So you had three that were released. Dracula Hmm. Untold Mummy and Invisible Man. Then you had the Dark Army, which, don't know what the hell that is. Yeah. Then there was going to be a Renfield movie, (laughs) which would have been cool. However... After that, so it would have been number one, two, three, four, five. Number six in the series was finally Frankenstein. Yeah, it's an odd mix. I mean, why would you go The Mummy second? No offense to The Mummy franchises, but when you think of Universal Monsters, that one's rarely in the top three mentioned. Yeah. You know, what are the three that are mentioned quickly? Dracula, Frankenstein, The Wolfman. Yeah. And there was no... I don't see any plan of a Wolfman movie unless it was one of those that's... No, I've never heard of one. No, because look, they had Frankenstein, then the in, the Invisible Woman, <laughs> Monster Mash, The Bride of Frankenstein, and then another Dracula. Yeah. So... Oh, okay, here you go. Uh, it stated that the film, the director stated the film Invisible Man is part is not part of any cinematic universe. Yeah, it was, dude. Yeah. Apparently they've been trying to make a new Toxic Avenger since 2010. Uh, see, I have a problem with that. Yeah. Yeah, and the problem is you can't remake a trauma movie and give it a budget. <laughs> True. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that just doesn't work. Mm. Trauma movies have their place in movie history because of what they are. Yeah. Exceedingly camp, exceedingly low budget, but they will entertain the shit out of you. I had the poster with him in a tutu. Yeah, in the mop, yeah. Yeah. And that's the problem. Like, no, you can't, and they would probably, well, we've got the computer graphics to do it now. No, that, that takes it away from it. Yeah. You know, trauma movies were trauma movies for a reason. They were low budget, like, the cheesiest deaths ever that you could always see the dummy. Yeah. You know? And they were the most obnoxious deaths. You couldn't get away with that with a mainstream release. No. Like, what was the one? Didn't didn't some kid get his head crushed in between a stripper's tits? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, like, it was a lap dance. She, like, clapped him together and his head blew up. You couldn't get away with that in a mainstream movie. You sure you're not thinking of zombie strippers? No, that was when Robert Englund said, get away from me, you walking herpy. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm fairly positive in, I think, maybe Toxic Avenger 2. That there was a scene like that. Huh. But regardless, that, that would be the problem I have with... With re- trying to redo a trauma movie and have trauma and Lloyd Kaufman not be attached to it. Well, yeah, because it's going to be super serious and... Yeah, it's going to be real serious, like real clean and polished, you know, with big name actors. Nah, dude. That's, yeah. That's not... That takes away the essence of trauma. That's well, what that yeah. studio was built on. And how many, you know, how many big name stars were in trauma movies early on in their career? Mm. Because trauma didn't just do the splatter movies like... Toxic Avenger. 
Yeah. You know, they actually did other movies. Uh, you ever hear of Cannibal the Musical? Yeah. Yeah, that was a trauma movie. Hmm. Because it was, they were a label that would help, you know, that would take on things that everybody else passed on. Yeah. So that's why, you know, the South Park guys basically got their start through trauma. Uh, hmm. Vincent D'Onofrio was in a trauma movie very early on in his career. Kevin Costner was in a trauma movie very early on in his career. Yeah. And so to put, to basically polish that up, I think is a disservice. Well, I mean, I kind of feel the same about the Twilight Zone. Like, weren't they remaking that? They did. Yeah, they did. Well, well but, and then here's my question as related to that. I, I'm not a fan of Black Mirror. Yeah. We've talked about this before. Yeah. And everybody who, a lot of reviews I've read of it said, oh, it's a modern day, or it's an updated Twilight Zone. Mm. Well, if that's the case, why did they make an updated Twilight Zone? Not exactly. You know, but I'm sorry, for me, Twilight Zone began and ended with Rod Serling. Well, exactly, and uh, have they made an updated Tales from the Crypt? No, I heard they were going to. No, they did the Creep Show series. Yeah. Which actually was good. Hmm. Find that and watch it. It's actually good. It was on Shudder. Yeah. But they they renewed that for a second season. But no, they I don't there was always that talk that they were going to bring back Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. But I think that's it. It never went further past oh, we're going to bring back Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, I'm looking it up now. It's probably good that it didn't because it looks like it was gonna be an M. Night Shyamalan film. Yep, pass. But it yeah. have the twist. Is the twist the crypt keeper is actually Burt Reynolds. Yeah, exactly. No, but check out... No, seriously, though. Check out... You check out Creepshow and anybody else into that uh, Tales from the Crypt type thing, the retelling of a story in a TV episode. Uh, and Creepshow, I mean, that it's be... kind of like the movies, so it's, I think, two or three segments per show. Yeah. They get some good actors. I think DJ Qualls was in one. Hmm. And I, I like him. Yeah. And it was just, I think it was really cool. And there were some legitimately creepy moments for me. Hmm. I think it was actually in the first episode. I was legitimately creeped out. We'll have to check that out. But, you know, that would be my problem if they ever wanted to pick up that reboot of Tales from the Crypt. Because I don't think they'd keep that level of camp. <clears throat> no, definitely not. They would try to make it, like, ultra scary. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and the Crypt Keeper himself is such an iconic part of that. I don't think they'd even keep his aesthetic look. No, and the voice. Yeah. So I think I think for that one, it's better just to live on in our memories the way it is. Yeah, yeah. That I love the Crypt Keeper. And that was the problem with a lot of these remakes is when they tank it, it taints your love of the original. It definitely does. You know. Um, because that's all people, a lot of modern people know about it, and then they start, you know, thinking the whole thing sucked. Right. And then, but for those of us that grew up on it to watch it, it's like, oh man, that just, it just kind of ruined it. Yeah, it's hard to see it, you know. You remember it being really good, and a certain amount of love being, I suppose, put into it, you know? Like, yeah. 
the people who made that obviously cared about it and then you know now people just pump out these remakes cynically as cheap as possible to, well, and i think another uh, another good part of tales from the crypt was the fact that it there was big name guest stars yeah and they would line up to be in that show wasn't Leslie Nielsen in, in Leslie one? Niel- well, Leslie Nielsen was in Creepshow. I think he was also in Tales from the Crypt. Uh, yeah. I think Kirk Douglas was in one. Yeah. I mean, you talk legendary actor, Kirk Douglas. Yeah. Uh, he was in there with with his other son, not Michael Douglas, but the other one. Hmm. Remember, it was the war one when they were in the bunker? Yeah. And Kirk Douglas, I think, was the general. Hmm. But well, exactly. it's just different now. Yeah. And and it wasn't like these people were brought in just like, hey, look, it's me. They were actually like giving really good role or giving really good portrayals of the role. Yeah. It, you have the... Huh? You have the box set of that, don't you? Well, not technically the box set, but I have all the seasons of it. Oh. Yeah, I, 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 I never purchased the actual box set. Yeah, but still, you have all the DVDs. Yeah, I would get them um, at Target. They were in a two-pack. It would be like seasons three and four, and I think for the two-pack, it was like $21 or something. But yeah, I picked up all seven seasons of Tales from the Crypt. Oh, that's such a... It's a, it's a classic show that will forever live in immortality, and even though the movies happened, that didn't really <laughs> taint my love of the original. No, they weren't great. Uh, was it? I can't remember what the first one was. The second one was Bordello of Blood, right? I thought the first one was Bordello of Blood. Or no, no. Uh, Demon Knight. Yeah, with Billy Zane. Yeah, Billy Zane. And I want to say Dennis Miller was in Bordello of Blood. Yeah, I think so. I did. They weren't No, they weren't great. bad to the point where it made me not want to watch the original again. No, I like, think because just part of Billy it. Like, Zane oh, was man, so good in it. What's that? I think it was because Billy Zane was so good in Demonite, he kind of carried that one. Well, and I think that was part of it. Now it's like, they're not looked upon as a stain on the franchise. It's just a part of it. Like, oh God, remember they made movies? Yeah. Uh, I remember seeing Billy Zane in that one, and then he kind of disappeared, or at least I didn't see him in anything. And then he, of course, popped up in Titanic, which was Well, I can't remember. When was... As we as we start to wrap this up, because we just crossed over an hour, yeah. Um, Tombstone, because he was in Tombstone. I think that was before Titanic, but after yeah, Orville, that was after Demon Knight. Uh, Tombstone with Kurt Russell. Yeah, that was ninety three. Titanic was ninety seven. When did uh, Demon Knight come out? Demon. Uh, ninety five. Okay, okay. So, so was it was Tombstone, Demon Knight, and then Titanic. Yeah, and then he kind of disappeared for a little bit, but came back in Zoolander. Well, what was that one where he was... I was just going to the... bring that up. Wasn't he the uh, the Phantom? Yeah, I was going to oh. say, it was something with a P that didn't go anywhere. Oh, no, that kind of shit the bed. When was that? I think it was... That was a 90s thing. I th- I want to say... 96. Okay. So it was right before Titanic. Yeah, and then after Titanic, he just kind of disappeared for a little bit. 
Yeah, somehow that it it didn't have the same effect for his career. And it's a shame because Billy Zane is a good actor. And Billy, if you're listening to this, we love you. Make more movies. Hell yeah. But well, I think that's a good place to wrap it up on. This was a good discussion. But in this, mind you, was just horror, pretty much. Right? Yeah, yeah. There's going to be others we want to talk about, including we're going to do an Arnold episode. And I honestly think we should take one just on 80s movies, be they horror, teen angst, dramedy, <laughs> screwball comedy. Mm, sounds good. I think that would be good. So stay safe, stay distant for the carnival here. I'm Zach. This has been Rye. Do you have a, an outro? Anything? Nope, nope. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. And we will catch you next time, everybody.